Welcome to Copy Chief Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you hear directly from all the experts at copychief.com how to write better, sell more, and have a greater impact using the power of your words. Let's do it. Hey, welcome to Copy Chief Radio. It's Kevin Rogers here. Uh, This is the show, as you know, where we go deep on the process of copywriting, uh, all kinds of ways that you can grow your freelance business, and some of the less obvious ways that you can improve your career and and your ability to write faster, better, uh, and eliminate some bad habits that are keeping you back and form new habits that, uh, again, will will aid you in growing your business and uh, making it more effortless to pump out great copy. My guest today is Nate Dye. Nate's been with us before. He's one of my favorite people, a guy I've learned a whole lot from. Nate and I have done several trainings together in the past around things like the ask method. And Nate's just one of the sharpest cats uh, I know. And so it's always a thrill to have you on, Nate. Thanks for being back with us today. Yeah, thanks so much, Kevin. It's great to be here. And so you're new. One of the new things that you've uh, been a little uh, obsessed with, <laughs> and I say that lovingly because you you get really deep into stuff. You know, that's one of the things I oh, love yeah. about you. You're like the ultimate filter, <laughs> right? If if <laughs> if if you're teaching something, I know that you've looked at it from every single direction possible. And the new one is habits. Uh, you're, you're talking about automatic habits. So let's just start. With what that is, explain what it what is a habit and what are we talking about with automatic habits? Yeah, absolutely. So now I totally agree. Copywriters definitely have this ability to kind of get obsessed with a topic and dive into it. And for me, um, habits and learning about habits uh, and understanding just how powerful they are has really been exactly that. So for the purposes of this discussion, we'll say that a habit is an automatic and an unconscious response to some sort of stimulus. And so like a classic example is, you know, that iPhone tone or that beep on your phone, right? And even when you're at a store and it's someone else's beep that goes off, you still want to just automatically go and check your phone. So in the 21st century, that is like the classic example of a hardcore instilled habit, something that you do automatically. Okay, great. So that's what um, habits are. And then so, Nate, what's one of the most like, common misconceptions about habits? Well, I'm glad you asked that because, you know, when we talk about habits, they are incredibly powerful, but what there are so many misunderstandings about habits and it's important to kind of get those out of the way and just dispel those. And the first is that, that it takes some kind of number of days. Uh, sometimes you'll hear 21 and interestingly enough, that was really done from, it was either World War One or World War Two, where they were looking at how long it took soldiers to get used to the fact that their leg had just been amputated. So that really dealt with amputees. It has nothing to do at all with you and I forming a new habit. Um, the idea that most people, when they talk about habits, they want to focus really just on bad habits. And that's kind of a, that's a poor strategy that we'll probably get into here later on. And the third one, and really the most important, is that we don't recognize that habit formation is actually a skill. And the sooner that we recognize that it is a skill, we then can start using the power of habits really in our own favor. And that's really kind of the thing that's got me most excited. 
That is exciting. Yeah. What, what, what an important framework to think about it. Cause you're right. We always talk about, I got to stop doing that. It's a bad habit, right? Um, you very rarely hear people say, let me tell you about my best habit. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I'm glad, glad to flip that thinking today. Uh, so, all right. Why is that important? Well, you know, let's, when we think about it in terms of that knowledge really is just, it's growing worthless and more worthless by the day, right? I mean, the amount of content and the amount of advice that is being uh, created is just growing at, at an exponential rate. And in reality, what is becoming much more important is the skill that you have when it comes to any one of those pieces of advice. So if you think about it in terms of anything that you read, anything that you listen to, any content that you consume, it has to in some way be implemented. And that is going to at some level require that you change the behavior that you have, then this becomes a very interesting proposition. And that ability to go essentially from hack to habit is what I call the habit gap. And this then becomes the critical skill by which you are going to achieve anything in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. As soon as you read an article, and you say, wow, that was really great. I'd like to do that. Well, now we have a challenge. And that is, how do I change my behavior so that I can actually do that piece of advice, so that I can actually start being that thing that I want to be? And that's what I call the habit gap. It's going from that hack that I just read about and turning it into a habit. And so once you know how to form habits, you'll be able to do that much more, much more easily. Yeah, that's huge what you said about implementation. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about Copy Chief and why I say it's we get the results we do with our members is because of of the immersion, right? We it, it, we all spend all day reading new stuff and trying to keep up on what's going on in marketing, but if you take a few weeks and implement some of that stuff and immerse in it, see how other people are using it. And as you know, Nate, cuz you're a great teacher, whenever we're thinking about how can I teach this to somebody else? It's that kind of that level of implementation that makes it actually part of you, something that you can use over and over. Absolutely. And, and what we're going to learn here about our, our approach to habits and the fact that we make it small and the behavior small, it absolutely affects how much better you are able to teach people because you focus on teaching small actions, just like we'll learn about what is the best way to bring habits into your life. So yeah, you're exactly right. So, so how is a, say a habit different than like setting a goal? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I really like to start there when we talk about the power of habits. And that is because you know, we, our default is to think in terms of goals, that if I want to become better, then I have to do, you know, I have to set this goal and typically it's this really big thing. Well, the problem is that goals are a statement of being. It's not a process and it's not at all a recipe for achieving. We tend to make goals really big. You know, we're taught to go big or go home, set these audacious goals. And we think that those audacious goals actually inspire us, but they don't. They actually scare the hell out of us. And so we spend all of our time kind of dreaming and obsessing about what it should be, but we never really focus on the actual day-to-day steps of what we need to do to get there. And one of the best ways that I can illustrate this is what I learned during my time in the Marine Corps and actually how to become a better shooter. And so when you go to the rifle range to qualify with your rifle, of course, everybody wants to shoot expert. And that means that you've hit the target a certain number of times. Mm -hmm. 
but in reality, focusing on that by itself is the exact opposite of what you need to do. And so for the sake of those that may not have very much experience with marksmanship, there is a process that they teach you, and that is called sight alignment, sight picture, breathe, and squeeze. So what in the world does that mean? Well, sight alignment means on the front end of the barrel, there's called a front sight post. It's a little straight piece of metal that runs perpendicular from the barrel pointing up in the air. And in the very back, there's what's called a sight aperture. And so you want that line, the little post in the front of the barrel or near the end of the barrel to line up with that little circle in the end, closest to your eye. And so that's sight alignment. Keeping that alignment, you put that over the target and that's called sight picture. And here's the interesting thing. You don't, your eye doesn't actually focus on the target. What should be crystal clear is that post, that front sight post should be crystal clear and the target itself should be blurry. That is how you shoot accurately. And so the breathe is that you exhale and at the bottom of the exhale, when you're nice and calm, you squeeze the trigger. So every time you shoot a shot, it isn't, I want to make expert. I want to make expert. I want to make expert. I want to hit the target. That's not it. That's not where your focus is. Your focus is on that clear front sight post. And in life, we can only focus on that front sight post as we're doing one task at any given time. That's the critical switch between focusing on a habit and doing the things in life that actually yield the result that you want to get. And so when we do this, we learn that habits really become the compound effect of achievement. There are now decades-long studies that have gone back and looked at the habits that lead towards beneficial results and the habits that lead towards negative ones. And we don't have time to go into it now, but the, the studies are just completely eye-opening. And it's, it's incredible to see what small, consistent inputs do over a longer period of time. This also changes our perspective towards kind of concrete behaviors and goes towards small choices. Uh, when you start focusing on those things, everything else really falls in line. Right. So, and again, it's a lot less daunting to say, I'm going to uh, sort of go small with this and make little changes, but consistently. Is that the key, Nate, to, to make small but consistent changes? That's really it. And consistency, because what we also know is that reps matter. And there's some great stories out there about ways that professors have chosen to, to grade their students. And so there's a pottery example and a photography example, and they broke down basically the same. And that was, you could be graded one of two ways. You can either make one pot in this whole class and I'll grade it at the end, or you can say that you'll make a bunch of pots and your grade will actually be measured in pounds of clay. And so they had the two groups of students, those that said, you know what, I'm going to make one pot, but it's going to be the perfect pot. And then they have the students that basically said, nope, I'm just going to make like a pot a day. And routinely, the students that just made one pot a day, the overall quality by the end of the course was better than, of course, the person that sat around and obsessed over what the perfect pot would be. That's interesting. And so we learned that those consistent inputs and that reps matter, and you've got to do the reps. So how many times have we obsessed over wanting to write the perfect bullet, but we only wrote like one or two, 
or you know, we in our mind we kept thinking what that perfect headline would be, but we never just wrote a bunch of headlines. We just obsessed in our mind about, oh, I want to write the best headline. I've got to have a killer idea. And so this idea of habits and doing these things consistently, you really understand that habits become the compound achieve the compound interest of achievement. And it's those consistent inputs that over time massively produce a much better result. Yeah, that's huge. You know, I, I recently interviewed a guy who took on a challenge to write a hundred headlines a day for a hundred days. Yeah, I saw right? that. Insanity. But yeah, exactly. it was really interesting. Some of, uh, some of the stuff you're saying, it was what happened to him. And he didn't set out to form new habits or anything, but the ability he developed to come up with headlines and I mean, it'll be with him forever, right? He's just a, a headline machine now. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld is the classic example where he has his story of, you know, I wrote, how'd I get better at, at writing jokes? I wrote, I wrote one joke a day and I never That's missed right. a day. He calls it, yeah, never break the chain. Yeah. He, he literally marks a red X on the calendar exactly. and he, he never wants to see a gap That's in the right. calendar. Yeah. And this is where motivation is not what we're looking for, but it's actually momentum. Yeah. We want momentum over motivation. But as we dive into this whole topic of, of habits a lot more, that's another, that's another really kind of cornerstone concept of it. Hey, it's Kev here. And if you like this podcast, then you are going to love the Copy Chief app. Total, custom, easy to use, smooth phone app where you can listen to every podcast episode, plus get all the show notes and dig it. You can listen right inside the app, even when your phone is in the locked position. Super cool. Plus, right there in the same app, you get access to all the great free Copy Chief content to help you write better, higher converting copy. Plus, members can access the private form area right from the mobile app. It's available for you for free right now wherever you get your apps. Apple, Android, go get it. Download the Copy Chief app today because nobody writes alone. <laughs> All right, so so let's get a little tactical and tangible here. How do we actually form habits? Sure. So uh, a great example of this comes from the book of uh, the Power of of Habits book from Charles Duhigg, yeah. and essentially there's three parts. There's some sort of stimulus or a trigger. You respond, or there's some sort of behavior, and then there's some sort of reward. And so that cycle of stimulus, response, reward is um, is what really forms a habit. Okay, so can we um, put that in a little bit of context? Yep. So in our case, we want to focus on on a very small behavior. We have like a, a 30 second rule. Okay. And one of the best triggers that we can use is actually a pre-existing habit. Mm. So we use that as the stimulus in order to trigger this new behavior that we want to do. So there's this little formula that we use, and I call this the automatic habit formula. And it said, and it goes once I blank. I then blank. So here's an example. Let's say that I wanted to start flossing. Once I brush my teeth, I then floss one tooth, or it could be that I grab the floss. So notice a couple aspects of that. The pre-existing habit is brushing your teeth. So that is what sets up this new habit that you want to do. And then at the end is I then floss one tooth. Notice that that is very small. It's, it's insignificant. It's almost unnoticeable. Right. And so we could do this again for meditation. Some people make meditation out to be this really big thing, and we got to set all this time aside and we worry about all these things that don't matter. So, people that have a difficult time doing that, 
It's very simple. You could take your morning coffee routine. Say, once I start my morning coffee, I then breathe slowly for five breaths. Very easy to do. You don't even stop and think about how hard this is going to be. It's just something that, again, automatically you can just slip right into. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's huge. But so, like in the um, tooth flossing example, is the idea that you won't stop at one tooth? Yep. Absolutely. And so we get so scaling is a topic. You know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit. Okay. But that's the idea. Is that what we're really wanting to do? Is cement that relationship between the stimulus and the response. That's what we really want. And so one of the, um, one of the analogies I give is, is a car. And um, here at the end, once we get through some of the other, it'll be, it'll be best to kind of go over that then. But absolutely, what we're looking at is cementing that relationship between, I see this stimulus, now I want to respond a certain way. Right. And again, small, consistent daily things that just, you can literally create new habits with repetition. Um, so meditation, that's a great example, right? Instead of saying, I'm going to sit there for 10 or 15 minutes and not get distracted or, or my, uh, not allow my mind to wander, I'm just going to breathe slowly for five breaths, right? And start there. And, and Yeah, and, like how effortless is that, right? Yeah, so simple to do. Um, you're standing there waiting for the coffee anyway. You know, nobody nobody moves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just watch yeah let's put that yeah, you could either. Yeah, exactly. You know, a watch pot never boils, right? So a brewing cup of coffee never ends, right? So we could meditate and get in our Zen spot then. All nice and calm before you get jacked up. Exactly. Um, what about, uh, yeah, like health, uh, gratitude, uh, some other big topics that we hear people always wanting to improve? Yeah, you know, inside Copy Chief right now, there's a great discussion um, that is talking about Stealing Fire and uh, the book by uh, Steve Coulter. And in there, the topic was, you know, how to kind of flip the switch in your team. And that has a lot to do with putting ego aside and just being able to kind of be part of the team and contribute and that team be a high performing engine. And the recommendation that I had in that thread was um, ego pops up a lot when you think that you're not, that your contribution isn't valued. And so one of the things that the leader of a team can do is just at the beginning of kind of any group meeting that you have is get in the habit of giving us of expressing a small measure of gratitude towards someone else on the team now this is completely different from the feedback that you might give you know when you're about to give some negative or corrective feedback and so you know you kind of sandwich it with positive like we're not talking about that in this case we're simply saying you know, hey, Kevin, the other day when you did blank, um, it really helped me with blank. And I just wanted you to know that. Like, I thought that was great. You know, so, you know, the way that you handle that customer, the way that you, whatever it was that you did, just a very small thing. And um, in cases, especially, there's a lot of studies where they did this in factory workers. And you wouldn't think that, you know, factory workers would, that this would be something that they would really kind of get into. But the study went on and they, they continued and had them do it. And the profound impact on that factory was incredible in terms of safety and overall job satisfaction. It, it was amazing. And so doing these little habits, again, consistently has a profound impact on not just you, but especially the people that you come in contact with and how you express gratitude towards them. 
Wow. Super cool. Um, okay. So let's dive into, since a lot of our listeners are freelance copywriters, um, how can a freelancer use this to improve their business or their skill level? Yeah. So really, you know, like, like we introduced, um, anytime that you want to get better at literally any aspect of being a copywriter, you're going to have to modify your behavior and the habits and looking and attacking it at the habit level is really the best way to do that. But here's a few examples. So let's say that you want to become more creative. Well, creativity is really just about making connections. That is kind of the bedrock skill of creative people. So in order to develop this and to kind of make it a habit, let's find some pre-existing habit or some pre-existing activity in your day and we'll use that to trigger our new habit. So for me, uh, I'm sorry, I just want to clarify that when we say making connections, we mean between ideas, not absolutely not networking, not with people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, you know, we take kind of these two random ideas and we say, oh yeah, that's, I, that, that is, you know, it's really the power of analogy, right? And it's, and it's getting better at using analogies. So in my case, when I stop at a stoplight, that becomes an opportunity for me to do some kind of analogy. And so I pick two random objects and I don't care how good the analogy is because all I really want to do is just stop the inner critic. So I'll say, once I stop at a stoplight, I then pick two objects to associate and it can be any association. It doesn't matter. I just have to do the reps, right? So I say, oh, that stoplight in front of me is black metal, just like this Jeep Wrangler next to me. It's black metal. That's as, de that's as in-depth as it has to go. I'm just using that muscle of taking unassociated things and associating them in some way. So that habit is something I can do all the time. And every time I stop at a light, it just happens. So my analogy muscle is just getting worked all day long. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking as a parent, how cool that would be to do with my kids in the car, just to get oh, them yeah, absolutely. thinking this way and forming that habit. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, any aspect you wanted your children, any habit you wanted your kids to have, this is a great way for them to begin to start seeing and looking at their world. Uh, yeah, it's, it's truly powerful when you start looking at, oh man, these concrete behaviors, I could exercise this so often throughout my day. I never even thought this was possible, but it absolutely is. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. All right. What are some other examples for freelancers? Yeah. So another example, sure. So another example is just using, you know, one of the frameworks that you teach, which is the poser format, right? And so that's valuable because it helps you keep your answers tight and sharp. It comes in for kind of live Q and A and live performance, and especially just in really tight content creation. So in this case, one of the things that I do is I listen to podcasts a lot. And so uh, and they're especially on topics that, you know, I myself have a lot of ideas about and some experience with some marketing and things like that. So whenever there's a question in the podcast, I stop it and I actually answer the question before the person does on the, that's being interviewed. I give my own answer first and I do it in the poser format. So the habit could be using our little automatic habit formula. Once I hear a question in a podcast, I then use poser to answer it, right? So I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm already leaning towards what my own answer would be. And then I just put it in that poser format of the promise, the obstacles, you know, the steps that they would take, the end result, and then, you know, whatever the next step would be. And so I do that all the time as I'm listening to podcasts. It, it takes me almost three times as long, you know, to get to a podcast because sometimes I'm so excited and I'm answering 
those questions with my own ideas. <laughs> That's a great. I love that too. That's the best. Yeah, because I always talk about how you know, we use this formula all over the place, like on the chief chats. Sure. Uh, you know, we have a very similar formula there for how we do what we call our best things. And man, when it, part of it is just making creating this clock in your head, right? It's like you got sixty seconds, or, you, or you've got two minutes to get this lesson across, and it's amazing what you can cover in that amount of time. Uh, and and so, man. I mean, it's indicative of what we're hearing from you today. I mean, everything, you're not wasting words, but for you, it's, it also doesn't feel forced or canned. It's very automatic because you've created this habit. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, this whole concept of how to approach habits when, when it was fully kind of introduced to me and it, it really clicked and it has had such a profound impact on how I look at performance at almost any level and skill acquisition at any level. Mm -hmm. It's been very fundamental. Very cool. Awesome. Um, and you talked about also um, pricing. It can even affect pricing. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the ways that um, you could look at this is even if you don't want to use all three of those things and this little formula that we have, which is, you know, the stimulus and your response to it and, um, and then how you reward it. One of the ways is you could say you can set up in instance where this might happen. So let's, for example, say that you have a difficult time stating a new price that you want to charge for your services. And every time you're on the phone and, and someone that might be excited says, well, hey, you know what? Uh, okay, so what's this going to cost or what's your fee? You still choke up and the old price comes out of your mouth. Well, we can engineer a scenario where just have a friend call you. Just have a friend call you and ask that same question and act like an excited prospect. And you just give that new price and have that phone call as often as you need to until you get just absolutely used to giving that new price. And so really these tools, especially when you look at terms of what's my stimulus going to be, what's my response going to be, and then how do I reward it? When you look at those individually, uh, they become very powerful tools to help you get over some of your new challenges. And so in this case, it's just breaking it down to just that small instance where you just have to give that number. Don't focus on anything else, just that number. And it will help you get over that reluctance that you have to state, you know, your new prices and raise your fees. Yeah, it's a great point. Just, just the habit of hearing yourself say that other number. Uh, it only takes a few reps to make it feel normal. It's that great Dan Kennedy story I quote all the time when I heard him say, the reason I get paid $40,000 a sales letter compared to other as capable copywriters is that I can say $40,000 with a straight face. It was very startling Absolutely. to me to hear that. And I was like, that's a hundred percent true. You know, uh, of course you got to be Absolutely. able to back it up, but you know, we, we very often yeah. undercharge. Yeah, there's always that detail, but Hey, <laughs> yeah. Cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Just get exactly. the money first. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. So this all sounds great and logical, but, um, you know, how, what are we going to see as a result of this? How to have it scale? Yep. So that becomes really, so once people kind of buy into this idea or this approach of changing their behavior and getting better results, they want to know, okay, well, I don't want to just floss one tooth, right? I got, I got all these teeth in my mouth. Like, how am I going to do this? Well, so I like to use this as like the car analogy. So when you get in your car, do you drive the same mileage every day? Nope. You know, sometimes you're going to go to the store that's nearby. Sometimes you're going to drive around for an hour. It doesn't matter. What you want is that when you put the key in the car and you turn it, you want the engine to fire. 
you want that stimulus. You want the response when that stimulus is given. That's what we're really doing here. We're always just cementing the automatic unconscious response to a given stimulus. So could you breathe more than five breaths in the morning? Absolutely you could. Could you set up that environment a little bit differently where you know you could get yourself in like super lotus position and totally zone out for an hour? Sure. If that's what you want to do, knock yourself out. But again, if that response doesn't fire when that stimulus occurs, then nothing ever happens, right? And you get stuck back in the headspace of reading all this content and reading all this information and consuming all this content and never doing anything. So what we want to do is we've got to get started and we've got to do the reps. So we're going to focus on literally that microsecond, those microseconds between me stopping at a stoplight and picking my two objects to work on my analogy. We're going to focus on hearing that question of the podcast and me stopping it and doing my pose or answer. You know, that's, that's what we want and that's what produces those consistent inputs that yield to massive results and relatively quickly. That's awesome. I love it. And, uh, you know, again, just going back to the podcast example, uh, man, that is some of the best training you could do for yourself. And it, cause you know, it's, it, uh, I talk about the advice Gary Bensavenga gives to copywriters and the advice he gave to me that really made a difference was don't just read a control every day, but th- ask yourself, what's one thing I would change about this copy that I think would make it convert even better. That simple shift, it makes all the difference. And it's it's very similar to what you're saying. It's like, what what how would I answer this? What is discovering what's already in your head? And I think you'll be startled mm-hmm. at, at what's in there and how much value you're ready to give at any given time. And so this is great, Nate. So how do people find out more about this? I, I get a feeling we've, we're really just scratching the surface here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, me personally, I mean, I am on a mission to change the way that people change their behavior and try to become world-class at literally anything they want. And so there is a lot more and, um, they can go to automatichabits.com. That's automatichabits.com. And over there is where I'll be hanging out. And I'm going to be talking about a lot of things like, you know, choosing the right habit to set, because we could pick a whole bunch of things, but picking the right habits for you becomes really important. We've talked about all those kind of things that we know that we should be doing and we've tried and failed in the past, like journaling or meditating, morning routines, waking up earlier, staying focused, all of those kind of things. If you want to do them, you know we can work through this habit structure in order to be able to do that. When you try habits, troubleshooting them, what happens when they don't work out right? Talk about the power of environment and how much that plays into whether a habit will happen or not. And one of the most counterintuitive things that I think was the most interesting to me was actually actually learning the right way to reward habits because all change is essentially based on how much you emotionally reinforce something. Emotions are the key to changing. And so when you do it the right way, you avoid that yo-yo effect where, man, I was doing this really well for a while and then it just totally fell off. And so over at automatichabits.com is where I'll be hanging out and talking about all those kinds of things. That's great, dude. I love it. I think this is a brilliant uh, thing to offer people. I think it's, again, a very sensible and manageable way to get involved in and start start seeing change immediately in you know with with very little effort, just consistency. Uh, and 
I know you've been teaching this privately to some people and getting amazing results. So thanks for sharing this, Nate. Automatichabits.com. Go see my friend Nate Dye over there. Uh, you definitely want to learn as much as you can from Nate. And this is, you can see the impact it'll have on your career and your life. It could be about anything. So automatichabits.com. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, man. Always. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you dug the show. Come on over to copychief.com. That's where you'll find all the backlog, all the transcribes, all the show notes, and all the free weekly copywriting tips. Copychief.com.